Thank you all for tuning in. The following is a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. Hi, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the Place Home Studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Malden, Missouri. Joining me from more than acceptable safe social distances are my guests for today. There's Delissa Abraham and Kleber Benown. Did, did I do pretty good? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's fine. Well, you, you've got a little more, a couple more consonants than I'm used to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, um, I hope everyone's doing well uh, today. Um, out here, it's uh, it's kind of a drizzly, rainy kind of day, but uh, um, hopefully, it's a uh, it's a little more cheery where you're at. Um, my first question that I always ask my guests are, "Who are you reading?" And uh, since I'm not afraid to be a sexist, I'll go ladies first. And uh, Delissa, yes. who are you reading right now? I reading. I am actually reading Christian. Lar well, I'm reading two books. Christian Larson. Um, he's an old dead guy from like the 1700s. Okay. <laughs> and um, The Optimist Creed. That's uh, one of the books. I really love his work. I love his writings. And I'm actually working on for our upcoming webinar. It's called uh, Speak Like, I'm, I'm reading this book called Speak Like um, Churchill. Speak Like Churchill, Stand Like okay. Lincoln. And that is really the inspiration behind our upcoming webinar. But that's really what I'm reading. Wow. That one sounds really interesting. Which um, one? The the uh, talk like Churchill. Uh, uh, like, oh yes, stand like like Lincoln. Yeah, Speak like that's Churchill, a, stand like Lincoln. It is an exceptional yeah. book. Highly recommend um, for anyone. It doesn't matter if you are business owner or not. It is a guaranteed read. And I the name of it, people might think, oh no, it's just like a whole bunch of like white males from like back in the day but really they go through so many not only women but we see some black um leaders not only just martin luther king jr but all of the other ones that were part of the uh revolution right and as well as the the freeding like freeing the slaves and all of those things like how they spoke, how they stood, how do you captivate your audience, your community? Because you know what they say, when you have the people, you can rule the world. So <laughs> there you That's go. the truth. That's the truth. Well, thankfully, people like uh, like Churchill and Lincoln weren't so interested in ruling the world. Uh, <laughs> but they left. Well, they left. They and, and it showed, yes, it, they it did showed through, like all of the different um, different. Uh, um, leaders from mm -hmm. not only in North America and in Europe, but in different countries like in Mexico and Cuba. Wow. Um, it I'm shows how to, uh... Uh, people from humble beginnings, um, how did they rise up when those with wealth and power during certain times, not, not in these modern times, but those with wealth and power were opposed to them actually leading the people. And, uh, and of course, it comes back to when you have the people, it becomes easier. So, uh, yeah. Cool. And that's Speak Like Churchill, Stand Like Lincoln. 
Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into that one because, because uh, uh, of course, I, I'm I'm actually writing my book now. Since the last time you were on, I've started writing my book. Um, it, it doesn't have a title yet, but okay. uh, um, it's all on uh, it's all on my uh, my ethical leadership system and uh, uh, you know how to uh, how to be a leader who brings their community and their their people together under mm -hmm. them. Um, so okay. that, uh, so that's a, a supporting system instead of a, uh, instead of how many people or many, uh, leadership leader, uh, teachers like to, you know, promote the leader as an island and, yes. uh, you know, you have to separate yourself off from everyone and, and mm -hmm. all that. And, uh, so, uh, um, I, I haven't gotten very far in it yet. I think I've got like 50 pages, but, that's uh, <laughs> okay. you, started. you got gotta to start pages. somewhere. Yeah, you got to yes. start somewhere. And the best part is um, because people are now becoming so much more aware of the different styles of leadership, because for so mm -hmm. long, we learned about the authoritarian style of leadership. Um, right. That uh, these other sides, like transformational side, ethical, mm -hmm. servant leadership, all these various styles. I mean, what you're doing, I commend you um, and I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now Kleber, uh, um, what uh, what are you reading right now? Who are you reading? Well, the last book I was reading is uh, the Complete Idiot Guide to the Mafia by Jerry Capucci. Okay. Now, yeah, I, I was reading the book because I'm uh, interested in politics. I like to follow politics. I write to finances and the economy. Mm -hmm. Now, I, unfortunately, I stopped reading i didn't finish the book because as i was reading it i was uh preparing for uh a very important meeting with someone regarding uh what i'm doing with my book my ministry oh, okay. right and uh in the midst of it while i was praying i don't know if your background i i, I watched some of your shows or i know a little bit about your background but i don't know delisa's background so anyway, as I was reading the book and praying, mm -hmm. and when God spoke to me and said, well, you know what? Why don't you stop reading this book about killing people, killing people, if you are really spending time with me? Now, mm -hmm. again, I don't know, Bill, if you believe in God speaking to people. Just me. That's what happened. Yes. So I stopped reading the book. Uh, it's a good book, very informative, but it wasn't just a book for that time. So. It just happened that uh, after that it was time for me to prepare the new year to pray and fasting. So what I'm reading now is more of the same, the Bible. That's what I'm reading now. More focus on the Bible. My so. question to you, I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sure you have a question, but now you're reading the Bible. What, one, which book in the Bible are you reading and the focus of no. it? Because I think that would be interesting to learn. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, this is a three weeks fasting. So we pray about different issues. So right now on my regular uh, reading, I'm reading the book of Revelations. But around that period of fasting and prayer, I'm going from in different books because of different topics I need to bring up in prayers and, and conversations. So, but right now I'm reading the book of Revelation. Wow. That's that's a strong book to read. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it can be very uh, very difficult uh, to uh, to read and understand because uh, there's so much that's not so much that's not literal to be taken literally in it, and you have to you almost have to break the code. Um, because, uh, of course, it's, uh, uh, the style is apocalyptic. It's not, uh, it's not history. It's not, uh, um, it's not biography. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like any other book in the New Testament. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it uses that apocalyptic style of, uh, of writing, um, which is much more similar to like Ezekiel or, uh, or Daniel in the Old Testament or, the the second the last part the latter part of uh, of Daniel anyway, um, you know everybody knows Daniel and the lion's den, but most people don't know that Daniel gets into uh, into uh, into the end times um, in there as well. But uh, um, yeah, there's so much there's so much symbolism and uh, um, and uh, things used in uh, in the Book of Revelation that uh, um, it's definitely not the easiest read and. Uh, um, Usually, when I uh, when I try to read it, I usually end up with like three or four different books looking at it all at once. <laughs> well, you know what I what I think is so um, it's not really funny, but what I really like and the irony of it is, you started off last year with reading the Idiot's Guide to Mafia, right? And then halfway <laughs> yes. through, you put it down because the Lord pressed on your heart, don't read about this stuff. And now your focus is on the book of Revelations, which, no. yeah, so very interesting. <laughs> and I, I, and I want to ask you, what do you find, not necessarily similarities, but how do you go from not reading that because it's not supposed to be what you're supposed to read to reading the book of an apocalypse? which there's a lot of death. There's a lot of, um, yeah, there, there's just death, really. A lot of yeah. it. There's also life, but a lot of death. Well, uh, I must say that uh, I, I don't believe God was saying, don't read that kind of book at all. It just happened that I was preparing that meeting with that person and I was praying about the meeting and in the presence and God said, well, you know what? why don't you leave that for now this book about killing right and uh then i stopped reading the book it just happened that i stopped reading by the end of the year usually at the beginning of the a new year we have a time of prayer and fasting <laughs> so that's where i read the bible every day and that point it just happened that in my bible reading schedule i was in the book of Relations, so there's no direct relation between dropping that book, the complete, the complete idiot's guide to the mafia, and picking up the book of Revelation. It just happened, you know, I say by chance. Well, randomly. nothing just happens. <laughs> <laughs> nothing just happens. That's right. We're uh, we're the three of us are are together uh, right now because something just happened. Um, <laughs> You know, um, I, I joke, I joke around about it, but, uh, but it's true because, because uh, uh, I don't prearrange who, who goes with whom in, uh, in my guest schedule. It's, Claire, you pick today for no other reason than you pick today. And Delissa, you pick today for no other reason than you pick today. And 
I and when I have a good show, I know that it's uh, it's that uh, um, it's that the Holy Spirit put it together, um, you know, guiding and and uh, and all. Um, it's just that uh, sometimes it takes a lot more work for uh, for everything to come together for a for a random chance uh, <laughs> than uh, than other times. But uh, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely a reason why you're uh, why you're reading Revelation right now, and yeah, so uh, uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put it aside that it's uh, that it's a random thing, but uh, uh, but no, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm working on uh, on uh, church church history, uh, early church history. Um, so I'm reading books like uh, like early Christian lives and like like that one and. Uh, um, and uh, books on uh, on the first, second, third century of uh, of Christianity, you know. So uh, so some of it's not so interesting. We're learning about it about things like uh, like different early controversies, like uh, um, like the Quartodeciman controversy, which they uh, um, the the Eastern Christians wanted to celebrate Easter on the Jewish Passover, which is uh, which on on the Jewish month of fourteen Nisan. And uh, um, and the Western Christians wanted to celebrate it always on the Sunday after that, and so uh, um, so there was a huge uh, a huge to do, and eventually uh, eventually the uh, the Western Christians uh, won out, and uh, uh, pretty much, and uh, um, that's where most of us uh, celebrate uh, Easter today is the Sunday after uh, after fourteen Nissan after Passover. Um, and uh, um, although some still do uh, celebrate it on the uh, on the Jewish day of Passover, it's uh, it's rather you know, uncommon it, these days. Yeah, I I, um, I always find it interesting, and you know, yeah, I because I, I took religion in school. I I have a degree mm -hmm. in humanities, but I studied it, and you know, so our talk right now is just I'm all excited for this as well, and and of course I'm a believer. I'm fasting right now as well oh. what i found especially when you mentioned about the easter so because we don't fully understand there's so many people that don't understand um what the celebration actually means and and what it is and how the how passover mm -hmm. and sometimes the the, how it comes together like even when we have like palm sunday which most people don't even celebrate palm sundays anymore some do but there's right. a lot that don't and then they go into um the good friday and eating of the fish and all of those things and, and then of course jesus passed and then he's risen and all of that um and but they they think easter there's so many people that think easter is about these eggs not recognizing that it comes from a different tradition and it's about fertility um and and what and and all of these other things so it's um mm -hmm. i always find it interesting when yeah conversations come about and so people don't fully understand the like um the history of and the origins of how things happened and why it happened mm -hmm. or even where the name easter comes yes. from yes Isher, Ish, 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 Ishtar. 
Ishtar, yeah, yeah, that's right, yes. right, the goddess yep. of fertility, Egyptian. Yep, yep, <laughs> the, uh, um, no, not Egyptian, uh, Persian. Persian, yes, well. Yes. Yeah. I think Persian. I know it's not, a, I know she's not Egyptian. Um, but they were, they still followed, like, she may not mm -hmm. have been, like, a big goddess in Egyptian culture, but if I'm not mistaken, I probably am, so please, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, of course. I, um, they still, like, still, they, they knew of her in mm -hmm. Egypt because they all have yeah. very similar, um, they all have very similar uh, goddesses at that mm -hmm. time and similar beliefs. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, if, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Ishtar was one of the uh, mystery religions that were popular in Roman times. Um, and, uh, um, and so that's how she kind of snuck into, uh, into modern Christianity, was, uh, um, was getting mixed up with, uh, with the Christians in, uh, um, in the, uh, during the time of the Roman Empire. Um, yes. Yeah, it's really interesting that we, you know, it's like we should be calling it something like Resurrection Sunday or or, yes. or something along those lines, as opposed to uh, referring to it by this uh, by this pagan name. Um, yes. <laughs> so. But so um, let me ask you this. Uh, yeah, Bill and Delisa, do you celebrate Christmas, Easter, and other uh, religious? Uh, feast holidays i i do um yeah um yeah in fact uh we did a we did a whole my family and i did a whole week of uh of christmas uh stuff um uh including uh bible readings and, and listening to different people tell the christmas story and and some secular stuff um watched a, an interesting uh movie um kind of a biopic on uh on charles dickens Who's uh, considered to be the person who invented modern Christmas um, through uh, through his book, The Christmas Carol? Yeah. Well, uh, in my home, yeah, we celebrate uh, Christmas and Easter. But so mm -hmm. I have a I have a young daughter, and although we celebrate it, like I understand like where the Christmas tree and all of those things come from, and I yeah. I let her know she understands, and I explain to her as best as I can, like. What is the meaning of it, right? We have to understanding. So I do do Bible readings, and like when it comes to the the Easter, I share the story of Hadessa or Esther, right, and how she saved her people right. uh, for Passover and the importance of that and why that's important. And and I also found that there's a lot of ministers who will teach on those, who will teach on, um, like. Passover as well, like they'll put it together, some of the celebrations. And then when it comes to Christmas time, for example, they would also teach about, you know, it's not about the present, it's not about the presence, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it's important. It, like I do celebrate it, yes. Um, but at the same time, because I'm aware, I teach my my daughter and, and in our home, um, what is the reason? Why are we doing this? So right. there's that understanding. So she's not just blindly um, falling into whatever else is, is thrown in her, right? Like thrown at her. 
Yeah. Yeah, ask a question because uh, some Christians believe that because of the the pagan background of some of these uh, holidays, we should not. I, I personally celebrate Christmas for the same reason you do. But some people believe we should not celebrate Christmas or Easter because of the pagan background of those feasts. So that's right. why I ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, like my daughter, my daughter uh, with Halloween, um, I didn't grow up celebrating Halloween. I didn't go, I didn't dress up and stuff like that. My parents didn't celebrate, but I knew of it when it came to Canada. And um, with my daughter in the school, they had like, they could dress up and stuff like that, like in their costume. So, but she didn't fully understand what it was, but she still dressed up. But I didn't take her out on Halloween to get candy because one, she doesn't like candy. So it didn't make sense. And two, we don't celebrate <laughs> that. Um, and as she grows older now, she's she's about to turn seven and she was five this is when she would ask the questions oh why don't we go out for halloween and if we did it would be like maybe the church would have like an event not to celebrate mm -hmm. halloween but just like a safe space for children to come and like play games and like have an activity night and then they would tell a bible story and stuff but i explained to her why we don't celebrate uh halloween what is the meaning behind it um and that's and so like it wasn't like oh no I'm missing out on anything because she recognized she wasn't missing out on anything. One because she doesn't really like candy anyways, so it's not like a big loss. And um, and two, I I I believe um, it's also important to to be able to share in like in small doses as well, especially with children. Um, you know, certain things that that are true and like why we're doing what we're doing they need to understand a little bit because remember if we're not sharing with them they will just pick it up on the playground on youtube in a song um with the person playing basketball down the street or in a movie theater where someone's playing a video game or something like they'll pick it up somewhere and i i i firmly believe and I guess it's because of my training and the work that I do as a leadership development coach. I firmly believe that having preparation is so important. Preparation, laying the foundation is so key, especially when you're building anything and with young minds, because then it helps them to get that understanding. Is it going to be perfect? No. But we start doing it like you drip, drip the information for it. Mm -hmm. So. Anyways, it was a long answer. I'm sorry, guys. I hope it <laughs> answered your question. It's okay. You had a lot to share. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, well, um, uh, yeah go ahead. Well, well, my my question on that is is what? How important is the background, the deep background of some of these uh, of some of these celebrations or parts of celebrations that we've forgotten, you know, um, like, uh, like the whole, uh, you know, well, with Halloween, um, being from, uh, from the, uh, from the Druidic, uh, holiday Samhain, um, I mean, since most people don't know that, and even the few who do don't even know how to pronounce it, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, how important is that background now? You know, um, does it matter? 
that it was a uh, uh, that it was originally a, a pagan holiday celebrating uh, the time they believed when the veil between the living and the dead was taken uh, was, was thinnest or taken down, yeah. and uh, um, and that the dead uh, walked amongst us, uh, um, and that we had to appease them. Um, is that really important today? I think it depends on what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Halloween. Now, I may shock you. I may shock some of your audience. <laughs> Halloween is a satanic ritual. Mm-hmm. We have to see the background behind Halloween. Right. Just as, as a Christian, we strive to increase God's influence in the world. We're trying to recruit more people for God's kingdom. People who serve Satan use Halloween for the destruction of the humankind. They have rituals, they do human sacrifices. So I try as much as possible to stay very far from Halloween. I don't celebrate it. I don't do anything related to it. We don't go out giving or taking candy. Just me. I'm not blaming any any other person. I'm just think that I should stay away from what people worship Satan are trying to do. Do you believe in human sacrifice? Do you believe that people do human sacrifices? Um, I believe there are horrible things going on in the world, and it wouldn't surprise me if there were human sacrifices going on even uh, even now as we speak. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my take on Halloween. Yeah. Okay. But no blame on anyone, not just... Uh, I think it's important to know the history. Um, And similar to what Kliber, Kliber, did I say correctly? Kliber. Oh, yes, I'm so excited. Thank you. Stated. um, When we understand the history of uh, the origins of where something comes from, then it becomes easier for us to know what is we believe in. So, you know, they had the you went through the history. I'm not going to repeat that. And then they have like All Saints Day. The Catholic Church had that. Then they mm-hmm. have like the Day of the Dead. Then they have all of these things that all fall along that same time frame, right? Mm-hmm. For the like the 31st and and all of that time. Um, when people understand uh, the history of it, I'm not talking like little kids here, but as adults, um, then it becomes so much easier for us to be able to stand in our belief, similar to how Kleber and his family, how he leads his family to stand and say, we're not celebrating this. I don't go like, I, and I don't, I don't take my daughter. I, I never took my daughter out to get candy or anything like that. The church had uh, activities. Uh, this was when she was mm-hmm. younger. And I think I took her twice because it was with the church and they weren't right. like, um, celebrating that they just wanted a space because they didn't want children to be going out and taking candy and stuff because they knew there were parents uh, in our community that would do that. And sure. I was like, okay, let's have it was. And for me, as I said, and it's not, uh, there's no condemnation or judgment or anything for anyone. Um, I don't take my, I, I stopped after the second time I, I stopped taking my daughter. And since then she's never, done anything associated with it only because I fully understand the meeting and then she asked me even last year asked me again and 
like, like, oh, are we doing this because of, and then I went into a bit more history with her. So it wasn't as detailed as what I studied or what you guys have studied and your understanding of it, but mm -hmm. definitely like giving her some information, like dripping that information to her into what this means. So she could kind of understand and wrap her head around it. Because at the end of the day, they're getting this information from the YouTubes, from the playground, from the wherever their activities, wherever they are, uh, sometimes even in the church itself, um, where some people just, they don't know, right? And right. they think it's okay, right? It's okay to do certain things. And uh, yeah, anyway, I hope that so, answers your question, Bill. <laughs> For, forgive me if uh, if I'm wrong, but it's kind of sounding like the consensus is similar to what Paul said on uh, on, on eating uh, on eating meat sacrificed to idols. As long as you don't know, it doesn't matter. But once you know, you should refuse. Uh, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Um, no, so I let think, me ask you, Delisa. You don't mind. Yeah, you say you do a leadership coach, right? You're a leadership coach. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, so the first question, how, how, what do you tell people when you approach them? What is your goal in talking to leaders? Um, what is your question is you had you had two questions so i want to understand correctly like do you want to know what is my goal in talking to leaders or do yes, you want to know how i approach them yeah when you first see them oh so essentially um a lot of the i, I go on podcasts i i meet people and then i give my offer and people connect with me or when i host my webinars uh and through our social media channels through our email list people connect they come online they will schedule a call and this is how I meet with them. Um, I do have a team that helps with like lead generation and stuff. So that's step one um, in terms of how they are approached. They're seeing my material. They're seeing the content. It resonates with them. And they, they're connected with it. They show up to some webinars that I would have. The second step is, let's say I'm on a phone call with, let's say you, Kleber. Um, I get to know you. I, I want to know who you are, what your business is, for example. And um, then from there, we just, I give you a bit of value. And then I will suggest to you, you know, certain options. It could be 90 minutes with me because perhaps maybe you need, a, you, you have clarity in what you want, but you just need that refined strategy layout that can help you through the next few months as you build the foundation or you're growing or you're transitioning or um, something. Uh, and or if you would need that one-on-one. -on -one. So I have three months, I have six months. And in the three months, that one-on-one -on -one session, we're working together uh, and we are identifying the different aspects and areas of your business, like the marketing, the sales, the uh, your, your support, your VA support, your social media, your revenue stream. So we go through each area in terms of leadership. We look at who's on your team doing what, and we see the holes because every business, have a hold. We all have holes somewhere. Uh, it may not be like completely leaking out fully, but there's like a little leak or that's about to pop or is already popped. And then we start like um, 
we, then I, I go through those areas that has the most pressing need so then you can achieve that goal. Now, in the three months, you will see the results and the transformation. And then from there, you will be equipped to go another three months without me or longer based on whatever your goal is for that year with a plan already in place that I leave you with. And then you can continue on. So that is uh, essentially I get my process. Okay, that the question I had in mind actually, I mean, that's the introductory question. The other mm -hmm. question I think be say something is, how do you address ethics? I mean, if you're coaching someone who is not really ethical the way he does business, do you address that or you leave it up to him? I mean, oh. if it, Brilliant. You know, things that are not right. Do oh. you ignore that or you address that? Bill, I love this question. I'm so glad <laughs> I picked today. I am just so glad I picked today. Thank you, Klebea, for asking this question. This is such an important question. Um, so essentially, let's say I'm on a phone call with you in the 15 minutes. I don't know what your ethics are. I don't know what your morals are, your values are in like, 15 to 30 minutes. All I know is what you tell me, right? What you're showing to me. That's like in the initial discovery call. So I, I don't know that. We get into three months together. That's just, that's just my mid-level, my mid-tier program, the three-month one. And in that three months, before we can get there, that's when I will understand a bit more about you. So I approach you in a holistic manner. So we look at the physical. How are you moving your body when you're moving your body? So aside from all of those things, now I have to look at what are you doing daily to move your body, to get the circulation, to be healthy so you can actually like increase your longevity, right? Now, I'm not a doctor and I'm not saying that I'm a doctor. What I'm saying is that I have to highlight those points. When it comes to your mental state and your mental health, then we address that. What are you doing for self-care? What are you doing to take care of yourself? Are you getting enough rest? Are you doing all of those things? And then we look at the spiritual. Now, as I said, I am not a doctor. I am not a priest. And I am not a psychologist that you would need for all of the, or even a, a, a fitness guru person in all of these areas. But as we address the holistic, the person as a whole, then when ethics and morals and values come into play, these are questions that will naturally come up and this is how it would be addressed. Uh, and so it's hard to say like, oh, like what would you do? Yes, it's going to be addressed because the nature of the work that I'm doing who you are will come out. It's like, it doesn't matter even if you're in a relationship with someone. Um, in the beginning, everything is perfect, right? We're all in honeymoon phases. We, we don't, but as you get to know the person more and more and more, your eyes open up and you start seeing who they are. Now, that doesn't mean they're not a great person on the inside and their spirit is not true and all of those things, but we start seeing some of the bad habits. And so we can say to them, oh, there are this and this issues, for example. Similarly, as a coach, this is what I do and I will address it and I show them how if they're not shifting what they're doing, it affects the outcome in their style of leadership. And this could be leadership in the home and this could be leadership in like for yourself. It doesn't even have to be in a business. 
It could just be for just being able to lead yourself. Because if uh, someone's going out partying every single night, how are you going to have money to, to run a business, right? That's a bad habit. I'm going to say, what are you doing? <laughs> you're taking your money and you're just wasting it. Now, this is a very simple example, but I just wanted to illustrate that point. So I hope that answers your questions, Kudair. Yeah, thank you. But uh, I had a man also issue like uh, cheating his customer, overcharging them, and you know, um, things like that, you know. Well, it's, things I mean, that, the price is the price. Um, I can't come to you. I can't come to you, Kleber. Let's say you come to me and you say to me, okay, I have this book. You have a book. You want to charge somebody $50 for your book because I don't know how much ever that's the price of your book. I could come to you and say, okay, well, why would this book, why is this book $50? I'm not coming to you to say, oh, you're overcharging someone. I'm just asking you, why is this book worth $50? Why would somebody pay for this $50? If you are Anthony Robbins, for example, or like a Les Brown or a Mel, Mel Robbins, for example, they charge like $40 for their thick hardcover book but they're coming with a lot of other people that are contributing to the book. And there are so many other things that's coming. So that's where I will go in terms of being judgmental and saying you're overcharging here or you're, um, or this is um, not ethical. Like I can't say that. I just need to understand why they believe that is. Then they have to look at the market to see, books that are similar to them, I can point them in that direction and say books that are in your category, this is where it it's branded. These are the top people in the field and this is what they're charging. And then to help you not only just promote your book, but to make sales so you can impact lives. Um, in terms of you asked the other question, um, if they're not ethical, I'm not sure what you mean by not being ethical. Give me an example. Well, like I say, overcharging your customers, like doing tricks, you know, some companies do. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean. I mean, um, you, okay, so my price for, for my three months, three months with me is almost $5,000. Some people might say that's too much money. Some people might think that that's overcharging. For me, it's not overcharging because what I'm providing for my service, the service that you're getting, the results that you're going to get is not only going to meet the $5,000 that you're paying, it's actually exceeding it. You're getting beyond that. So I don't, I don't feel that I'm being um, unethical and I don't feel that I'm being uh, overcharging in my price. And I didn't trick anybody because I'm very clear in what it is that in, in the contract that we're engaging in. This is what you want. This is the results that you're going to get. Um, and so in business, when I'm working with anyone and I'm, we're talking about leadership, you know, their price is their price. What I can do is guide them to help them understand what does the market look like? They have to look at the research. They have to look at the data. They have to do all of those things to make sure that their price aligns with the value that they're giving and if this is right for them. Like, so I, I'm not sure how else to answer that question other than that. 
Yeah, yeah, may, makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, figuring out figuring out what to charge somebody is always uh, one of the more difficult things to do because it's like, okay, how much value do I give myself? Um, you yeah. know, what will the market bear? And uh, um, and all, but uh, sometimes you have to charge more in order to uh, uh, in order to make the most of your time. Because uh, if you charge too little, too many people are going to try to flood you with uh, with requests, and many of those people aren't even going to be a good fit, you no, know, for right, uh, for 100%. your services. Um, so uh, right. yeah, so sometimes you have to charge more just to be able to uh, to get uh, um, to get the right people in uh, um, you know in your plan. And, uh, um, and you know, help them. I mean, the only thing I could say, and that's, and you're absolutely, you know, you're you're hitting it on the money too, Bill. Um, the the thing of the thing about it is, you have to do your due diligence as a consumer or as a client. Like I do my due diligence. I'll give you a, a great example. I was, um, when was it? Last year, I was looking at getting on podcasts. This was before I met Bill. I knew anything about him and I signed up to be on his show or like getting into it. People wanted to charge me because, you know, I did the, the thing. I didn't know about some of the podcasting places. People wanted to charge me $20,000, $20,000 to say they will get me on the top 1% of um, and then they are going to guarantee that I would make sales. Now, I'm not saying what they were saying was wrong. Now, I'm giving them $20,000. They're giving me about 60 days. The first 30 days, they're crafting a plan. They're doing stuff. I don't really know much what's going on. They're aligning the emails, all of those things. Then I have to go and like send some of the emails, do some correspondence, and then I go on this program. And after 60 days or 90 days, depending on which group I go on, then they're done with me. Bye. Thank you. I'm out $20,000 later. Wow. Is that a good price? For some people, they pay, a lot of people pay that. For me, I'm not paying $20,000. Why am I paying? What am I paying $20,000 for? So then I went in and I did even more research. So did I tell them straight to their face? This is highway robbery. You are unethical. You are just a horrible human being. No, I did not do that. All I said was, thank you very much. Please send me the information so I could review it. I reviewed the information. And then I went, I did my own research. I have a postgrad degree in researching. And anyone can do this because now we have Google, right? right. And I type in in in, uh, in Facebook groups, you know, like podcasts, and some of the things popped up, and I was like, oh, 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 and then I found out, hey, all these things that people want to charge me twenty thousand dollars for, it's not that they're incorrect, and it's not that it doesn't work, and it's not that it's not a good product, but for me, I didn't need that because that's twenty thousand dollars that. I was still trying to refine the business at that time to include my work um, in the leadership coach. So we were, we're in a rebrand stage these last few months. So you see, it's, it comes down to as a, as a client of someone or as a 
potential client, you have to do your due diligence. You need to ask the questions. You can still show up to the meeting, but don't be so quick to judge into saying, this is unethical. This is highway robbery. <laughs> You're taking, some of them are, I'm not going to lie. Some of them are, uh, but you do your due diligence and you have to do what works for you. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, um, Claire, um, what, uh, um, let's see, your, uh, you are, your book is about, uh, um, oh shoot, I had it, um, is about relationships, correct? <laughs> finding the right mate, finding and keeping the right mate. Keep finding and keeping the right mate. Um, how, uh, how, how did you go about, uh, about getting, uh, getting there? Well, uh, a couple of years ago, I was going to my friend uh, swearing in. He's an attorney, and we're in the car, I mean, maybe six of us, and we're talking about different things. And we, the conversation turned to relationships. And there was a young single lady in the car with us, and through her, you know, her interventions, I understood that she wanted to get married. And I knew how to, to go about it. And I started to explain to her, but I realized that I didn't want to monopolize the conversation. And I decided to buy her a book that will explain to her the process. So I went to a, a library, a, no, no, a bookstore, mm -hmm. a Christian bookstore. I found a couple of good books, but I didn't find a book that will take her from where she is, where she was spiritually, socially, and walk her through every step up to identifying the remedy, for instance, and getting married. So that's where I decided to write a book. Okay. Yeah, that's all. So there wasn't- I uh, love it. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to learn more, Bill. Lots more questions about this. Yes, yes, for sure. Well, you can always ask questions too, Delissa. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, what uh, what resources did you use to uh, um, is this uh, is this book from like your own experiences or uh, um, or did you get uh, get help from others? Um, what books did you use to uh, to compose your own book? What resources did you use? Yeah, first, uh, I read uh, quite a few books about relationships, about um, some book about how to find the right mate. I think one of the differences I bring in the book is that the right mate is a spiritual concept. It's not a social or professional concept, it's a spiritual concept because behind the idea of the right mate, there is first the, how to say, the promise of a loving, lasting, and fulfilling relationship. That's the first idea. The second idea behind the right mate is that the right mate is the best possible partner anyone could find. Now, you can't find the best possible partner unless you know the outcome of every relationship. Hmm. Then, no human being has that information. So only God can find the right mate. And the good news is he is willing to give the right mate to whoever meet his requirements. So I, I, I've heard uh, people, especially women, complaining about 
issue to find the right man. I say there's no really major issue. God has a path to follow. There's work to be done. And whoever does the work may find the right mate. So, yes, I use a couple of books, but it's for more like a spiritual issue. And I'm trying to make people understand God's way, God's mindset when it comes to relationship and what God expects people to do. Okay. Okay. And what does God expect people to do? Well, first, we have to understand that marriage was God's idea, mm -hmm. right? Adam did not come and say, well, I'm lonely here. I need a companion. The Bible said God noticed that Adam, unlike the rest of his creation, was alone. And he provided a mate. So first, the right mate is a real thing. It's not just an idea. It's a real thing. The second thing I would like to say is that only God can find the right mate. Right. The third thing is that God is in the matchmaking business. He has done that in the past. The Bible says so. And he's still doing it now. And God doesn't have any shortage because one of the common, most common reasons I hear from females, is, even from men, is that where there's just not enough good men, there's not just enough good women. But God is willing. So God has five requirements, but those are the basic truths I wanted to put in place. So people know. Okay. Okay. No, that's uh that's good stuff. Um yeah absolutely the uh um the the good Lord uh you know has a plan for each of us and uh we just have to uh be ready to go along with it because uh we need to be on his side uh, with things and do uh, do things the way he wants to in order to be successful. Um, you know, so uh, um, so yeah, so that's that's great. Um, let's see, and where can people find? Uh, can people? So uh, well, uh, it's on Amazon. Okay. Yes, of course, it's also on uh, my my publisher website, which is DoveChristianPublishers.com. Okay. And what's the name of the book? So it's just more than a great partner. More than a great partner. How to find, how to find and keep right mate. So one of the things I describe is that there's a difference between a great partner and the right mate. Right. And most people are looking for a great partner, which can be deceiving. Why? Because a great partner is someone's assessment of a relationship based on what the person treats you, based on how he makes you feel. And that assessment is subjective. It means he can change. Somebody can be looked at a great partner today and turn out to be a jerk tomorrow. So unlike the great partner, the redness is a real thing. First, the redness is the greatest of all partners because it's the best possible partner you can find. The second is that the right maze is determined by God who knows everything. Mm -hmm. So when God picks someone for you, he doesn't base it on the way the person will make you feel. He bases it on the future and everything he knows about your life, that person's life and the dynamic of your relationship. So people should not look for a great partner or even for love. They should seek the right mate who comes with love and 
a fulfilling relationship. So, okay. so if you, you know, I'm listening to this and my brain is like going in overdrive right now. <laughs> I'm like, I have so many questions that I'm buzzing around, which is so uh, fantastic because um, I love, um, I like the idea of your book. I like the, the premise of the book. And you're coming with, I mean, how long have you been married? I've been married for 18 years now. 18 yeah. years. And yeah. did you follow the same step and procedure that you're sharing now with your audience? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, go get, go so, get what? <laughs> yeah. And so the, the reason why I'm saying this, I'm, I'm probably going to share some tips and values here because I, I think you're, you're, book should absolutely be a bestseller and you should be selling thousands and thousands of copies um, with it. And I know books. <laughs> My daughter had a book, has, has books. Uh, and um, I think that women, especially your focus is women of faith, they will definitely grab this up. They'll grab this material up. Um, so here, now I'm going to ask you these questions based on what I do as a leadership development coach and helping with strategy. How is the reception to your book to your target audience, which I am assuming is women of faith or Christian women? What is well, that? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm just asking, like, what's the reception? Like, how are, are they gravitating towards it or... Well, first, a women of faith are not really the only target audience. I wrote a book for all singers, not even Christian singers only. I wrote a book from all singers because the book goes from the perspective of someone who doesn't know God, which was the case of uh, the lady I mentioned. No strong relationship with God. Yes, she wants to get married or he wants to get married and be happy. Because on men face the same problem too, right? Men may not face the problem of shortage. They face the problem of maybe quality or the availability of good women. So the book is for all singers. Of course, in the book, I explain to the reader that only God can find the right mate. And the point of departure of that process is to get in friendly terms with God. You don't qualify to the right mate unless you belong to God's family. Now, to answer the question directly, some people listen to it, take it to heart and won't follow. Most people get excited by what I say, but are not willing to do the work. For instance, spending time with God and allow God to change your mindset and change the way you do. So yeah, we have a mixed reaction. And, and so this is exactly, this is why I'm asking like, who is your target audience? And from based on what I'm saying, I'm not saying that it doesn't expand out to all signals, uh, to all singles, but really when we're looking at single women, that is just from my humble opinion and, and experience, that would be your target audience. Um, 
because there are a lot of women that are in the church who know of God, but do not know God. And there is a very big difference. And so instead of casting such a very broad net, I would suggest, based on my experience and expertise, not only in book writing, but also helping others with their books, adult authors, not children authors, but adult authors, targeting in, in your niche market, where you know you have prime prospects. They are hot leads. There are a lot of women of faith. I'll just say Christian women. I'll just use Christian women who would want to find a mate, who think, Lord, I am doing everything you ask. I am showing up every day, but there is that missing piece. What am I missing? And perhaps that is where your work because some of them could be divorced, some of them could be single, some of them could just be single parent, they now come into church, who knows whatever the situation is, um, that that will really um, connect with them. I'm not saying the men aren't going to connect to, the men will connect and they will buy the book. But it sounds like to me, it's really geared to women and how they, the work that they need to be um, not really to be, that's the wrong explanation, but the work that needs to get done within themselves in, um, in um, you know, working with God, having a relationship with God, building relationship with God and allowing God to lead them to find the, the right mate, not the good mate, but the right mate that you were saying. Um, does that make sense? What I'm yeah, saying? And then, as it's more refined, then getting into the church for your seminars not necessarily your church but even like in social media with the groups right uh getting in there and really touching on those pain points because i'm sure your book addresses the pain point the trauma the daddy issues and some of them are not necessarily huge daddy issues some of them could just be like well you know maybe their father wasn't around or maybe their father was around and then, but they weren't really a father because they were probably distant or some of them were just excellent fathers. So you're probably addressing, I don't know, I haven't read your book. Um, you're addressing these pain points. And so you touched on three, which is so great. But if you take those three main points and you start targeting and addressing how your book is going to support their healing of this trauma, whatever the trauma is, right? Um, so then they can allow themselves to build and evolve in a relationship with God. Then ultimately they will get this result of what they're looking at. Um, and so these are like very little steps that what, from, based on what you're saying, I, I, I really like your book and what you're saying because there isn't a lot of books on this. There is some, but here you're going, based on what you're saying, you're going deep into the work that it takes, getting into prayer, releasing trauma, hurt, and pain, healing issues, becoming whole, right? A woman needs to be whole herself. She needs to be complete before she could even meet 
her mate, right? This person that God assigns. So based on all of that, there's like a lot of things that has to be addressed. And so I think if you niche in your hot, your hot clients, your hot prospects, which are Christian women who want to get married and you touch on at least one or two pain points that your book could help them solve or you as a coach can help them through, that is really going to propel what God placed in your heart to do and really start transforming and impacting the lives in 2024. That's just me personally. Well, thank you. Thank you very mm -hmm. much for this. Yeah. Um, well, well, well. You know, it's so tempting to, to do something for everyone. You know, as, a, as yeah. an entrepreneur, you know, you want to, you know, it's like, oh, my, my widget, my service is perfect for everybody. But, and it may be. Yeah. But you're not going to catch everybody. So you yeah. need to focus in on one group that will get special benefit out of what you do. And uh, so that you can focus your, your efforts toward them. Um. Yeah, good uh, good call, Alyssa. Uh, thank yeah. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I, like, sorry, I had to. I had to like share that with you because <laughs> listen, I I completely understand. Like, I had um had a client. I did ninety minutes with her. I do like my low ticket offer is a, a ninety tick ninety minutes with me, and um, she wanted to. We met initially in the discovery call. She wanted to do a, an adult coloring books like to heal, and um, she's a coach. And uh, in the initial call, she was like, oh, no, I took a course. This is like, I took a course, 12 weeks to write a book. And I was like, that's so good. <laughs> so when is this book going to launch? She told me, oh, I'm thinking like March 2024. I'm going to be ready. I'm like, have you started? She said, no. I said, what about marketing? Huh? What about sales? Huh? Does your people know that you have a book coming out? Well, <laughs> so let's connect in January, right? So I gave her, similar to how you and I just, how I just shared a little value there with you, Liber. Um, that's what I did with her. And then in the 90 minutes, when we had the 90 minute session, because we had like that initial conversation and I was checking in on her before, just like quick little chats to see how she's doing, that led to other things because now she's looking at the financial aspect. And what most people don't recognize is that books have such a short shelf life and it costs a lot of money. So even if you have a publisher, I mean, they may give you an advance. And if they do give you an advance, it's because like they think you're going to sell X amount of copies. And I mean, there's all these finances that goes with it too. But really when she, when we had that 90 minutes and she saw the breakdown and then she saw, okay, and I go, look, you could try to do it in three months. And I'm really glad that you took this 12 week course to writing your book. But if you wanted to be a sex success and you want to sell, a, she wanted X number of copies sold. I would give you, I would take this span of time and this is how you would chop it up. So then you can go on your way. That's when she was like, I, when I saw that side, like the, and the tears coming down, like, Thank you for saving me thousands and thousands of dollars and not quitting because this is what I was like meant to do. Then that's like such like a huge um, relief for me as well, like for what I do. And mean like, yes, I'm so grateful that I can help you 
help others. Um, because as Zig Ziglar said, the more people you help get what they want is the more you will get what you want. Yep. Gotta love Zig. <laughs> I love Zig Ziglar. Yeah, yeah. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah. You know, he was a Baptist minister. Really? I yes. did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. I find, I find that interesting. Yeah. That's why, like, I love how his jokes, and I love how he always, in, like, well, obviously during that time, obviously a lot of things were Christian-based, like their analogies and stuff were definitely like, from the Bible. But even his jokes, they were, like, just so fun. It's so engaging. It all made sense. And I just, I really love that wholesomeness of yeah. it yeah 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 but uh um okay um just uh a, a so Bill, i yes, have sir. a question for you yes sir if you don't mind not at all what why are you doing this show where, where how did it come about well um it actually you trying to reach closer what is the question that's one of the questions lingering in my mind like <laughs> what is your goal where are you going well, where I started, Ooh, I did some research about. Well, where I started was um, I actually uh, co-hosted a show on AM radio uh, back started back in 2011, and we uh, we did that show for a while. Um, we were on AM 830 out of Southern California, out of uh, Anaheim Stadium. In fact, uh, we were the studios were attached to the uh, to the Angels uh, Stadium there in Anaheim, California. Um, and, uh, um, we were one of only three non-sports programs that were on the, uh, on the studio, on the, the station. And, uh, we were the only, uh, religious program on the, uh, on the station. Um, and we were the first, uh, program to get a 13 week contract, um, which was, uh, amazing at the time. Um, but we ran out of money and, uh, so the show ended, but, uh, I felt that the message of the show was still, uh, important and uh, worth worth putting out there, and so I found a place where I could do a podcast online to continue the show, um, and things kind of developed from there. Um, I now do uh, two one-hour shows each week with my father. Uh, my father was a, a military chaplain uh, with the Army, Navy, and Marines at different times, and uh, also uh, he was a VH hospital chaplain for a while. Um, he's now retired from all of that, but uh, um, but we still do the show together. And then uh, um, and then I decided that uh, I'd like to do a general interest uh, interview show. And it started out as an interview show, and then kind of developed into I'm not, I don't remember exactly what happened that made me want to go from interviews to roundtables, um, but. Uh, um, but yeah, it uh, um, it just developed into that. It, it grew, and and now uh, and now most of the shows I do have two guests. Um, although I do occasionally do single guest shows, um, where it's more of an interview uh, style. Um, and uh, in fact, I, I recorded one of those uh, the other day um, with a uh, with a guest who uh, self sponsored, um, meaning they paid for the uh, they paid the tab um, for it. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, um, it, it just kind of grew from, uh, from that. And, uh, I really enjoy doing it 
and uh, um, it's it's great meeting uh, all kinds of people and helping them uh, promote their uh, their projects and getting to promote my own projects. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I, I am in the process of writing my book, and so uh, so hopefully people are on the edge of their seats waiting for that to come out. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, um, I hope that answers uh, your question. Yeah. As far as, as far as what about, I hope to, well, as far as what I hope to accomplish, that was the second part of your question. Um, almost forgot there. Yeah. Um, basically, I hope to I hope to help people get to know people like yourselves, uh, my guests, um, know them in a different way than they would get from most uh, most podcasts. Because most podcasts they ask the same questions and uh, and generally get the same answers and so it's always the same so there's no reason to watch two podcasts with uh with Cleaver on or or with Delissa on <laughs> um because they're just going to ask the same things but uh, uh but this way we get to different things different topics different uh, answers and uh and different questions and so uh so hopefully uh that will be of interest to people Okay, I know you're the one who's supposed to ask questions, but I have this burning question again. Can I? <laughs> yes. So, what what is your reading now, Delisa? That question is addressed to you. To what you are reading of the current events around the world in the light of the scriptures? Where do you see us going? I think we're still in light of in light of the scriptures. I think we're. We're we're certainly trending toward the end, um, but I don't think we're quite there yet. I think we're you know it's 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 kind of like the way weather and climate goes. You know it, it trends toward one way, even though it may be trending warmer, maybe trending colder. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I I'm just a I'm just a hobbyist uh, when it comes to the weather, but. Um, Time sometimes will be really cold and sometimes will be really hot, even though mm -hmm. the trend may be toward warmer, um, toward a warmer climate. You might have cold days like uh, like last week. Uh, um, uh, we were at at about zero. Uh, <laughs> it was so cold. Um, and, uh, um, you know, even though the trend for the climate in general may be warmer, we can still have cold days. Um, I think it's similar with uh, with um, with predicting the end time, the end of time, end of days. Um, we are certainly trending toward there, but there are going to be times that are better for uh, for the world and for Christians in particular, and there are going to be times that are worse for the world and uh, um, and Christians in particular. And I think we're somewhere in between those uh, right now. Um, you know, in in a lot of the world, their times are really, really bad for Christians. Um, but uh, here in the United States, times are pretty good. Um, you know, we can freely commune, we can freely congregate, we can freely worship and speak about the Bible. Um, we can read the Bible and uh, and pray in public, and uh, um, and not have to worry about being uh, being imprisoned or killed for those beliefs. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, um, you know, we're definitely headed toward the end. Um, we're closer today than we were yesterday and, uh, we'll be closer still tomorrow. 
Um, but uh, um, but yeah, but I, I don't think we're there yet. I think uh, I think we still got a ways to go. So what about Denisa? You want to hear my thoughts? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, get your popcorn. I'm, I, I talk a lot. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're entertaining. So, I mean, that's what we do. Um, you know, definitely we can see uh, scripture being revealed. Um, and those wars and rumors are wars. I mean, it's been sounding for many years. More so is coming more prevalent. We are seeing nations rising up and aligning in certain areas. Um, we're looking at Russia and Iran and all of those other places. These are things that are stated in the Bible and a lot of people may be reading and not fully understanding, but as they do more in-depth work or studies, not on their own. This is, um, and as I'm sure you, Kleber, you're not necessarily all studying uh, by yourself, but you also have uh, like your spiritual father, your your pastor or priest, someone that you respect that also teaches this that you that you study with. Um, you know, they're they're seeing a lot of things align based in what scripture is saying, and some of the um, nations that are said in the Bible, like when you look at history and then you look at present, you're seeing that's exactly where <laughs> those same nations are. So um, it is very eye-opening um, to see that we are living in the, in the end times. Um, is it today, like uh, Bill says? I mean, no one knows, but um, based on scripture, based on, uh, based on the book of Revelations, um, there's still a ways to go in that. Uh, how long? I don't know. Obviously, um, uh, there is that. Do we need to, do people need to, to have a relationship with God? Yes, 100%. I know, I know, Bill, you talked about in the United States, people are free to practice Christianity. I would say Christianity is under extreme and severe attack in the United States. Um, it's yes, you can still pray and, and, and all these things, but it's not like before saying you're a Christian now it's, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's intense, right? Uh, people are like, well, you don't respect this. You don't respect that. You don't like, uh, so there's, there are all of those things. We see a lot of Christians being persecuted around the world. Some places are not as bad as others um i said like in the west it's it's still okay but um when we start seeing how things are being played out and we look at scripture we see how it aligns one we shouldn't fear um if you know your god you just need to continue doing what you have to do and and uh and build your relationship with with God and and keep fulfilling your purpose because your purpose is ultimately what God needs to express through you and so having that fear based which a lot of people will tend to a lot tend to uh want to implement is not helping much but if we like if if 
we let people know that God is our God is 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 a God of love. He is just and all of those things and to build a relationship. And as long as they're fulfilling their purpose, because we can all go at any time, that makes a huge difference instead of us thinking of, oh my goodness, I look around the world. There's so many things happening. What can I do? The end is here and we're all going to die and feeling guilty that we're not right with God. So it's, it is, um, not necessarily a challenging question, but it is one where I I personally see it as hopeful because I get to live in my purpose every day and I get to grow my relationship with God every day. And that is hopeful to me because at least I know I'm doing my part. Um, but I also am aware based on what the scripture says, the things that need to be aligned, they are aligning the way it's laid out in scripture. and I just have to just do my part in uh, co-creating with God. And that's all that I can do. Yeah. Very true. Well, with that, we've, uh, we've gone over our hour. Um, Sorry. And, uh, no, no, it's okay. Um, it's okay. It's not like there's a, there's a time limit or anything, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I like to uh, leave people wanting more. Uh, I feel that's better than uh, than uh, than not. Um, but uh, before we go, um, I'd like to ask, as I always do, do you have any final words for the nice people? Um, this time we'll start with Clebert. Oh, okay. We're meant for us this time. <laughs> so well, I'm going to close with this. Uh, uh, remember, uh, about, about two years ago, a friend of mine lost uh, his father. Oh. And he called me, asked me to come and share the word with uh, a few friends that had gathered in his house. Mm -hmm. And I asked God what I should share. And this is what God said. He said, we are in the end days. This is a time to take him seriously. And he gave me a picture of like back home in Africa, in villages, we have eagle hovering over chicken, trying to snatch chicken. Okay. So what little chicken do is, when they see an eagle hovering above the head, they go under the wings of the, uh, I say mother of the mother, right? Okay. And God was telling me that this is a time for his children to come under his wings. This is not a time to play between the church and the world. We have to be serious because of the you know, different events and pandemics and war, it's going to be easier to die now than a couple of years ago. So yeah. yeah, that's what I would like to tell people. Time to become very serious with God. Okay. That sounds, uh, sounds like a good thing uh, to do because uh, whether, uh, whether the Lord comes to us or we go to the Lord, uh, we're leaving this place one way or another. And uh, um, yeah. And so, uh, so we'll definitely uh, be ser need to be serious about uh, about God. Delissa, how about you? Yeah, well, that's I, I really like that. I like going under the shelter of His wings. Um, Psalms ninety one. That's a really great scripture to leave us on, Clebe. I love that. Um, and I would just really share that God is love, also yes. not to be feared, but He is He is love, and whatever is happening in the world. 
you have someone that loves you, that cares for you, that supports you. And um, he, he uses others such as Liber, such as you, Bill, such as myself, to help you to, to be that like human support um, for you in the, t in the time of need. Um, but he's also in your heart. God is in your heart as well and in your spirit. So that's all I can leave with. God is love. God is love. Yeah, uh, you reminded me of the of the passage, uh, and, and I'm always bad with uh, with chapter and verse. But uh, um, the uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, not the end, yes. just the beginning. And mm -hmm. uh, um, so uh, so great uh, great words to leave us on to. Um, well, uh, my final words as always are: be safe out there. Remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank our producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd also like to thank my special guests, Delissa Abraham and Cleber Benown. Support the show if you feel so led over on Patreon.com. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. Don't you dare miss YWL Online. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever fine podcasts are offered. Be sure to tune in next time when my special guests will be Tony J. Salimi, award-winning author, TEDx speaker, and transformational life and business coach, and Amanda Hess, life coach for neurodivergent women who helps people get through negative emotions. Be sure to like, comment, and share. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you've got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us reach more people. If you or someone you know needs support now, call or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. That is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline here in the United States. 